everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we're talking anime. Uh, I've been watching a lot of scary movies uh, this month during uh, as what many have been terming spooky season, which I uh, I like that term. Uh, and I've almost watched a scary movie every single day. I've been watching a lot of stuff, and I actually I will list off real quickly some of the uh, the uh, winners, some of the stinkers, uh, which ones you should watch, which ones you shouldn't, before we dive into our movie. The reason I'm doing that is because I had a fantasy to make October all about uh, scary movies. And I have been doing that in regards to what I've been watching, but in regards to what I've been podcasting about, it has been uh, anything but scary movies. And I was trying to figure out why, uh, and I've got like a list of, okay, here's some of the ones that we I, I have planned to talk about. And I just keep thinking like, okay, well, what, what to say about this? It's, it's a scary movie. And I think that's one of the great things about scary movies is a lot of them, there isn't really much to say about it. You're, you're transported into this movie, you're scared, or you laugh for a little bit, and then you walk away from it. There are certain scary movies, such as Hereditary, that are just absolutely frightening and are really well-done movies at the same time, so they warrant a great discussion. But there are others uh, less so, and uh, not to say that they're bad, though some of these are very bad movies. Um, it's just uh, just kind of the way that it is. So just a shout-out to Halloween season. So far, I've watched Clue, uh, which I've seen already. This is the 1985 Clue. Uh, love that movie. I think it's so funny. Uh, in terms of its aging, uh, it's a... Not necessarily a diverse movie, and there's uh, there's some questionable lines in the movie, but I still I really like it. I I kind of watched that movie a lot when I was a kid, and it was just really fun. One of the first board game movies, uh, American Werewolf in London. Uh, never saw it before. Watched it. Was not impressed, and I think that's because I just watched it right now. Movie about two white guys going uh, backpacking across Europe. They are both very rude. They are uh, very chauvinistic and misogynistic to women. And uh, when one of them, or I think maybe even both of them, end up kind of getting affected by the werewolves of London, uh, I was actually really happy about that because to me, I felt like they deserved it. And uh, by the end of the movie, I was happy that it was over because even the guy that was in the hospital was incredibly rude and forward with his nurse, which just absolutely would not fly today. But I could totally see why it was a popular movie in 1981. Uh, Witch Boar, and a lot of these movies, these movies uh, have been, we've been watching like with my brother and my cousins, and so we're trying to find movies that we can all watch, and so just as I've promised, all of these movies are available for streaming. Uh, American Werewolf in London is on HBO, Clue is on Amazon, Witch Board from 1986, a really bad movie about a Ouija board. And uh, I, I would say if you're wanting to see some of the beginnings of the Ouija franchise uh, in terms of movies that use Ouija boards, check out which board. Uh, but don't be afraid to press the back button to back out of it once you start thinking, eh, is this movie going to get any better because it's pretty bad right now? No, it doesn't. Uh, so that one's also on Amazon, as is uh, Girl House was another one that we watched, which was definitely better. It's more of a, a newer movie uh, from 2014. And really creative premise in that a uh, college uh, girl is trying to make money. Her, her, I think it's her father passed away. 
And so she doesn't have money for school anymore, but there's this place called Girl House where uh, it's like an, a, a live streaming X-rated website. Uh, so kind of just as you would imagine it, but the scares come when one of the degenerate people who watches it uh, shows up and wreaks havoc. Uh, so that one was interesting. Uh, and then again, I've been powering through. I only have two more Jason movies to watch Friday the 13th, Freddy vs. Jason and the 2009 Jason, both of which I've seen already. But once I do complete those, I will have a podcast talking about all of the Friday the 13th. Uh, but I, I got a DVD with, um, uh, it was a two, a double feature of Jason goes to hell and Jason X, uh, Better than some of the prior Jasons is all I'll say on that one. Uh, wounds, oh, Wounds on Hulu. Uh, wounds was great. Uh, messed up, disturbing, a great, great scary movie and had some awesome meme-worthy scenes, especially with Dakota Johnson getting sucked into the computer. Uh, watched House on Haunted Hill from the 1950s, 1959. Uh, just as good as I remembered it, uh, but I got a treat. I got to watch it in color. Uh, and that also is on Amazon, both the black and white version and the colored version. I almost like the black and white version more because when you're watching it in color, you can kind of see that it's a lot there's not as much of a spook factor in regards to it when you start seeing in color Uh, another scary movie night of the demons Uh, another 1988 movie uh, 10 teenagers party at an abandoned funeral parlor on halloween night uh, it goes just about as good as you'd think, which is not that good at all, but I will say that it was better than Witchboard. Uh, we then watched Stepford Wives from 1975. Uh, I saw that movie a couple years ago and I thought it was really good. Uh, upon watching it a second time, it's still good, but I've, uh, there's just a lot about it that I don't like. And I think that's the premise of the movie and the reason why, like it's meant to be a movie that you shouldn't like of a, uh, an all-white community where the men are uh, replacing the women uh, so that they can do whatever they want. And obviously, <laughs> that's a fantasy that I think everyone has on both sides of the aisle. But uh, it's like, come on. Okay. But uh, we also watched the Poughkeepsie Tapes, uh, which is a nightmare of a movie. Uh, it was a movie that my cousin and I actually watched back in 2009 when I was in college. Uh, and it was a movie that we kind of kind of lived in infamy for for us uh we called the the there's some things there the poughkeepsie bear crawl is something that you'll see and what's funny is when i watched it on the second time i'm waiting for it to happen it doesn't happen till like the end of the movie and i was shocked because i think maybe my cousin and i had watched uh, you guys know Miss Harry. Uh, we had watched like clips or something back then in 2009. That was the Wild West for scary movies. That's when uh, Paranormal Activity came out as well. And so there were all of these found footage movies. And every single one of them had that same idea of like, is this movie real or is it fake? And this one's that same thing where it's a it's a movie, but the whole movie is about like this guy that they found just hundreds of tapes that he would record of him torturing and killing people and uh, kidnapping them he was a serial killer and so it's totally not true and trust me I, I looked it up a lot but uh, there's just some great scenes in it it's a really good found footage movie but it's also very uh, very dark and twisted so there's a lot of found footage that is uh, torture 
and uh, so for you know a weaker stomach, you may want to avoid it. But it did have its its uh, its bits where it was scary. It also had some bits where you were like, okay, yeah, this definitely is not a real movie. So uh, in that regard, I would say fall is going really well. We've got a good lineup of movies coming up too that we're hoping to watch. Um, and I was actually questioning whether to make a podcast today because my wife's uh, cousin and her boyfriend are in town this week. They came in on uh, Wednesday and they're here till uh, they leave on Sunday. So I, I haven't had a lot of time to myself, um, but we actually all watched a movie together the other night. Funny enough, we were going to watch Hereditary last night. Um, my wife has not seen it, and I warned her. I was like, this is probably the scariest movie you're ever going to watch, and she scares very easily, so we'll see if uh, if she makes it out on the other end. But I was talking with uh, her cousin's boyfriend about anime, and kind of we were going back and forth. Oh, you know, what do you watch? Oh, I watch Demon Slayer. Oh, yeah, Demon Slayer is awesome, and, and a huge shout-out to Demon Slayer, guys, if you haven't seen it. But um, I had asked him, Have, do you guys, did you guys watch My Hero Academia? And he was like, yeah, I've seen a couple of seasons of it and uh, really liked it, but kind of, you know, obviously, as we all do, fell off the wagon and hasn't gotten back off. I was like, have you seen the movies? And he said, no. And I was like, okay, well, I have My Hero Academia 2 Heroes. And for a lot of you who listened to the My Hero Academia Heroes Rising episode, that was one of our more popular episodes on this podcast. So uh, in watching it again now for probably the fourth time, I was like, well, what a better way to talk about it. So I'm starting to see the new theme for October, which is superheroes, uh, because we just talked about Justice League as well. So we're going to continue that trend, and today we are going to be talking about My Hero Academia, Two Heroes. Uh, This movie came out in Japan in, uh, or actually it's saying here that it came out in the U.S. in 2018. I thought it was 2019, and I know IMDb has tricky stuff when it comes to that, especially with movies that come out in Japan because they usually come out there first and then come out here later. Regardless, I actually didn't see this movie in theaters. Um, the first anime I saw in theaters was Dragon Ball Super, and then I was like, okay, I got to start seeing these in theaters. So I saw Two Heroes and all that good stuff, um, but I got this movie when it came out on Blu-ray, and I was blown away. I loved this movie, and I love the show, so this movie is just such a perfect movie to introduce someone to the My Hero Academia franchise is what I would I would suggest, and I'm saying that because my wife hasn't watched anything, and her cousin watched a little bit of the first season, and when the movie was over, uh, it was everyone was in agreement that it was a great movie. They really liked it, which was I was surprised by. I was waiting for it because there's some slow po- spots in the film, but overall, it is just such a strong movie and such a great example of what a good anime can be. And I'm gonna dive into that a little bit. So, My Hero Academia, Two Heroes, directed by Kenji Nagasaki and starring uh, a list of uh, voice actors. We actually watched the dubbed version. I have seen My Hero in sub and dub. I prefer dubbed. Uh, I know that's a very contentious point. If that's going to cause you to unsubscribe, I am so sorry. Uh, to Sorry to see you go. Uh, I hate to watch you go, but I love to watch you leave, I guess you could say, because I know you're going to come back because you're going to want to know what I think about this movie. I have no idea where I'm going with this. But it, uh, it it's about a uh, hero named Izuku Midoriya, 
and we've talked about him before, along with his mentor, All Might, and a variety of students from the uh, UA class of uh, Heroes, the Hero Course. And it's just such a cool concept of a world, and he explains all of it in the beginning of the movie, but the world is 80% supers. So everybody has quirks, and some people use them for good, some for bad, some of the quirks are amazing, some are whatever, and there are certain people who want to be heroes. And so he, uh, Midoriya, is going to school to become a hero, which is the coolest concept ever. Kind of like uh, X-Men or uh, maybe like an X-Men evolution type of thing where young heroes who are in a world that completely accepts them and honestly loves them for the most part. Uh, and then the secret of this movie is All Might, who is the number one hero. He has given his quirk, which is basically of being an absolute badass. He's super strong and vulnerable, all this good stuff. And he passes that quirk on to Izuku, uh, who he, his, uh, his hero name is Deku. So I'll use Deku from here on out. But uh, Deku is a nerd. He's got green hair and a really uh, funny costume. But he is one of the coolest characters that I've grown to love as I've watched this series. He is just so knowledgeable. And at the same time, he loves learning. And I think one of the greatest messages that comes not just from this movie, but from anime in general is this idea of becoming better and constantly working towards becoming better. And every anime does that differently, whether that's you know becoming the best at this or becoming the strongest person ever. There's just always this competition, not just with others, but with yourself to break past your limits and become the best version of yourself that you can be. And My Hero highlights that so well, especially in this movie. Uh, there are constant uh, bits where a new character is being introduced and they meet Deku or, or vice versa. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're, you're in the hero school? Oh, that must mean that you're amazing and he says oh no i i still have a lot to learn and uh i'm i'm practicing every day and it's like who says that in america everyone everyone is so quick and, and it's not wrong to accept praise but here there's just this understanding that I know that I'm not perfect, and I always have more things to learn, which is something that I think everyone can take a page out of because uh, we live in a world that is constantly changing, constantly evolving, and to say that you are done learning or that you are done growing is just going to literally leave you behind. It'd be the same as if, if all of our goals are to grow as plants to get as close to the sun as we can and you just decide to stop a couple feet from the ground how like how is that going to benefit anybody uh it's going to pull the rest of everyone down so constantly working to try and make yourself better uh deku does that in spades as do all of the students at his school to varying degrees i mean you've even got like bakugo who is his rival and he is a he's so funny because he's always so mad but even that it's because he demands so much from himself so there's lessons to be learned in there too but they're always around getting better and getting stronger and this movie is great because it highlights all of the cool qualities that all of these characters have. So at the very beginning, there's this little mini expo of powers that really stood out to me. And every time I've watched it has been like, this is just the perfect way 
to explain the dynamic in the class is the scene where Melissa, who, and again, this movie, for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, I would recommend checking it out. And I'll say this as well. If you're listening to this right away, thank you. Thank you very much for you know being at the front lines. But right now, uh, there are sales for this movie going on digitally. It's available on Stars. I don't have Stars. Like I said, I have the Blu-ray. But you can get it for, I think, like 3 or $4.00. Uh, on Microsoft Store, on Amazon Prime to purchase, and trust me, this is one that is worth the purchase. Uh, but with that said, the movie starts out with All Might and Deku. They're going to uh, this Eye Expo, and it's this floating island in the middle of the ocean. And the reason it's a floating island is because it's filled with scientists. And these scientists are constantly developing new tools, new support items for heroes. Uh, just the coolest idea and they're on a floating island so that no one can find them and it's a very highly secure island of course that's not that's the point of the movie right someone does find them but they get there it's this huge celebratory expo and they're met by this girl named melissa who is the daughter of all might's friend and uh, he's a guy that had uh, worked with him when all might was younger and his name is dave uh, david shield and he was like All Might's support guy. So he would come up with new tech. He designed all of All Might's costumes. And so they're coming there to say hi to him. And uh, so while they're there at the same time, and again, if you're following you know, My Hero lore, uh, All Might has passed his power onto Deku. And because of that, he is losing that power. And no one knows that. That is a secret that only Deku and All Might know. Uh, Bakugo knows it. I don't know if he knows it in this movie. Uh, but he definitely does in the show. And again, these these movies kind of go in between seasons and episodes. So everything that happens in this My Hero movie, just like in the other My Hero movie, is uh, nothing really matters in that regard. So that, that, in a way, is kind of a bummer, but it also makes for a better movie because it's not beholden to the show. So it doesn't have to reference anything besides callbacks to you know who the main villain of the show is in, at that time and uh, the classmates and all that stuff but it's like it's nice to know that nothing that happens in this is it happens in the show except for one thing that we'll get to that i wish 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 had happened but it didn't so they get there and find out that a bunch of his classmates are also at the expo as well bakugo is there because he won the uh the hero festival um I believe that's what it's called. He got first place, and so he got a ticket. Uh, Todoroki is there because his dad got a ticket. Like So they all have little stories. But so they get to this spot where Melissa's like, let me show you around. And they go to this sort of little expo. It's like a contest to see how fast you can destroy these robots. And when they get there, Kirishima is fighting the robots, and he's the guy that has red hair. He goes by Red Riot now in the show. Um, and he can harden himself. And they're like, holy cow, 18 seconds. That's a, a new record or something like that. And then Bakugo goes and he does it in like, uh, it was like nine seconds or something like that. Or 13 seconds, some crazy amount. And everyone's like, holy cow, that's the new record. And I was like, oh, is Deku going to beat him? And so Deku shows up and Bakugo's, he's all like, you better get down there and do it, you damn nerd. And uh, Bakugo go or Deku goes through it, and he does not beat Bakugo. He is one second below Bakugo, and Bakugo gets so mad. 
And again, it just goes back to that idea that they are so concerned with their progress and with being the best that even though Deku didn't beat him, the fact that he got so close to beating him made him mad. Like, he shouldn't be close to beating him, but that's why they're such good rivals. And then... All of a sudden, Todoroki shows up, and if you guys know who that is, he has both ice and fire powers, and arguably is the most powerful of the uh, students at the time of this movie. He uses his ice powers and gets like eight seconds, and so he gets in first place. So at the end of the day, it goes Todoroki, Bakugo, Deku, which again, I think is so cool because Deku is the main character of the show, and he arguably, again, has the most the the biggest power because he has All Might's power and All Might was the number one hero. But because he holds back, if he if he uses more than like five percent of his power, it'll break his body. He has to hold back. And so that puts him at third place. Bakugo is incredibly strong and arguably stronger than Deku at that point. So he gets second. And then Todoroki's the best. So he gets first. So it adds up. But they don't just give Deku first place because he's the main character. So it just makes for such a cool dynamic where it's like everyone gets everyone else's power levels. And they all kind of accept each other and love each other despite all of the um, kind of the bickering and rivalry that they have. So from there, we kind of get into the meat and potatoes of the movie, which is that there is a villain who has uh, infiltrated the iExpo and essentially uh, kind of takes over the security measures of the island. And all of the heroes are at this banquet gathering. The young heroes are on their way there, but they didn't get there in time. They were running late, which is actually perfect for them. So uh, the villains take over this event. They capture everyone, including All Might, and they don't break free because if they did, the villains have set up the security to fire on innocent civilians if they do break free. So it's a very clever way of getting the super-powered individuals out of the way right away. Because you, th- you would think, even if it's a villain, All Might can take care of it. He can beat it. Great. So, awesome. How do we get them out of the way? We, may, we do this, which is a perfect way to do it, too, to say, you know, they are heroes. Like, they don't want casualties. But, of course, the students were late, so they aren't there. So they have an opportunity to save the day. But they get into the conversation of, we are not licensed. Uh, we, which is, again, fascinating. It's not something that you see in normal movies because they don't get into the weeds with that sort of stuff. So they have to have like a driver's license, a hero license, and none of them have it at the time of this movie, but they're still saying we have to do something. And they said, okay, well, if we can get to the top floor of this I Expo building, uh, which is apparently 200 floors, uh, they can, uh, Melissa can turn off the security measures and then all the heroes could save them. And so that's their plan. They try to sneak up there as best as they can, but when they get up to the 80th floor, or it's like the 130th floor, something like that, uh, they get caught. And so from there, the fights begin. And they are awesome. They're so good. Uh, Great teamwork. There's some great fights with Bakugo, Kirishima, and Todoroki when they're fighting a couple bad guys. There's a great bit with, uh, I mean, there's great bits with all of them. With Tenya Ida, he does a great job. And uh, Mineta as well, the guy with the little sticky balls on his head, he's hilarious. Him and Kaminari are hilarious, the electric guy. Uh, Yayorozu is there along with uh, Uraraka shows up as well as, um, gosh, I don't remember her name, Jiro, uh, I think. 
who has the um, headphone jacks on her ears so she can listen to things. So she, every person who's in this movie, has their, their power is perfect for the situation, which again is a testament to the people who made the movie because there, there are a lot of heroes that aren't in the movie. And they get little call-outs throughout. There are students who are there that aren't a part of the group. They're staying in hotels because they didn't get an invitation. Um, so they aren't there, but the ones who are, their powers are perfect. So you've got her being able to listen to hear what the bad guys are saying. Uh, Mineta is able to climb up into this vent because of his sticky balls. And uh, it just goes one after the other. And so by the end of it, uh, they find out that Melissa's father, David Shield, is actually working with the villain. And we find him and his butler, I guess you could say like his assistant, and he, the, the reason behind it is because the, the whole thing, the whole villain thing has been orchestrated so that they can steal back a device that Doc David Shield made. And it is a thing that you put on your head, almost like a Cerebro, and it augments your power level. And so in doing so, someone could be the most powerful person ever. But his reason for it is that he wanted to use it on All Might because All Might is losing his power. So he said, you know, logically, if I could give him this, he'll be okay. He'll still be able to be the symbol of peace. And that's, again, one of the beautiful conversations that are had in this in this movie is All Might is ready to pass the baton. And if you watch the show, you see that in a lot more depth. But here he says, you know, these kids, they're our future. They're, they are the ones that are going to carry us forward. And David even talks about it at the very end. And it's such a beautiful uh, a, a beautiful quote, and I'm going to try to. I, I looked online to try and find quotes, and, and no one is quoting this movie, which doesn't make sense. But by that time... The, the bad guy shows up, and it's it's just like in Heroes Rising. It is a very basic bad guy. He wants nothing more than to be the most powerful villain. He ends up uh, betraying his butler or his assistant, David Shield's assistant, ends up betraying David Shield. So he's like, wait a minute. These villains are actual villains? And the guy's like, of course we are. What do you think? We were just like hired goons. I'm taking your device. And so he takes the device and Deku's trying to stop him. He actually shoots and kills the assistant. And David's like, oh, what have I done? Like, I really messed up. I really screwed the pooch. And <clears throat> he, uh, so they start fighting and the fighting gets really intense at that point. And so he takes David's shield and heads up to the roof to fly away and Deku's like no like I can't and, and this bad guy his power is that he can manipulate metal so honestly he basically is Magneto and he's where he's got this augmented power now uh, and we don't see that till the very end but Deku is still trying to save David and David's like why are you trying to help me he's like your daughter is down here and she needs you and it's like ultimate hero status right like Deku is the perfect hero no matter what he is going to try and save the day for everybody even the people that make mistakes like David again his heart was in the right place but he did the wrong thing and so he feels like my daughter's never going to forgive me and he's like what are you talking about she's down here right now trying to trying to get you back and by that time though All Might shows up because again they were able to shut off the security system so while he was fighting this bad guy they shut off the system and uh, so All Might just shows up and starts wrecking shop. And by then, though, the guy puts on the helmet. And so he becomes just all-powerful, and it's insane. And so it's 
every, all of the heroes show up, like uh, all of the UA class heroes show up, and they're all fighting him in a different way. And we just get to the absolute crescendo, which is, uh, and we'll get to it in a minute because I want to touch on one of my, fa- my my favorite quote of the entire movie is All Might, this whole time, he's trying to pretend to be a super-powered guy, like the huge All Might you know, uh, but re- in reality, he's a skinny man because he's losing his power, so he can only maintain that form for a few hours a day, but this entire time, he's fighting this guy in that form, and you can tell it's wearing on him. He's spitting out blood, he's got the smoke coming off his body because his body wants to change back, and he's sitting there holding this, like this guy, this bad guy, shoots these giant metal pillars just made of metal at everybody. Uh, and so they're smashing people. And he's like blocking one with his hands. And all, and he's like, I don't know if I, I can hold this form much longer. And uh, all of a sudden, a bunch of the students show up. And you get the bump, 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 like the cool music comes up. And he goes, Look at my students. And I'm sitting here to think that I'd be held back by something so foolish as a limit. And then he just busts through it and it's like, yes. And uh, just that that's a quote now that I use all the time when I'm gaming or I'm with people saying, I can't believe that I'm being held back by something so foolish as a limit. And uh, again, such a great message. Obviously, you know, if you're if you're lifting weights and you're lifting 300 pounds more than you should be, you should probably let your limit tell you what to do and then work your way up. But when you're fighting a bad guy, it's a little different. So uh, the big the big thing here. Oh, and I completely missed this whole thing earlier in the movie. Melissa. Uh, her father, again, David Shield, famous scientist, she wants to be just like him. So she's been working on crafting support items. And just like Deku, she had no quirk. She had no power. Uh, again, All Might passed his power onto Deku, so he's been given power. He wasn't born with it. And she's talking about how, you know, I don't want to let that be something that defines me. And Deku's like, wow, that's so powerful. But she gives him this gauntlet that he can put on his hand, and she says it can withstand All Might's power three times, like three hits is what she found. And so he's, again, this whole movie been been operating at like 8% power. And so at the very end here, we get to see him go to 100% power. He actually breaks the gauntlet, but it gets into the ultimate ending of the movie, the climax, which is him and All Might. And again, I would argue there are multiple two heroes in this movie like i always was thinking about what does the two heroes mean and i'm pretty sure it's all might and deku in that you know you got the old and the new but i would also argue it could be deku and melissa that's two two heroes who worked together you got deku and kirishima or kirishima and bakugo uh there's multiple versions of it so that's great but he, him and All Might have this beautifully choreographed fight at the end of the movie. Uh, and they're doing this quote to like, to go beyond more than you ever have. And then Deku says like, and to save everyone, no matter what, to go beyond plus ultra. And then they both like punch him or they both, they come up with a new move. So there's a new uh, attack that they use that is the double Detroit smash that they both smash through this guy and completely obliterate him and it is the coolest thing in the world and obviously there are other moments in my hero that are just as cool as this like when Deku goes one million percent when Deku goes a hundred percent infinite 
but this is, is so special because it's in this movie and again gives you the perfect idea for somebody who maybe has never seen this show why this show is so good you have like an and the movie's only an hour and a half but it feels a lot longer because you're so sucked into it and you're like oh my gosh like this world is so vibrant and uh and so there's not a lot of big fights but the whole movie you're going like when's the big fight coming and it comes right at the end which is so perfect because before you're getting just awesome character development all of the students get a little time to shine you get cool fight scenes with everybody and uh and then you get this beautiful beautiful thing with all might and then he you know after the fight david shield uh, is saved and he says what I think so many people should be saying and should be thinking. He says, uh, I was so concerned. I was so concerned about you, All Might, about con- uh, maintaining you as the symbol of peace. I was so concerned with maintaining the status quo that I completely missed seeing the next generation of heroes and real. And he sees this, there's this bit throughout the movie where he's looking at his phone at this picture of all might from when they were young of him, like punching the sky. And he sees Deku do the exact same move. And he's just like, it hits him like, Oh my gosh, like we're passing the torch to the next generation. And it's just such a powerful message and something that, Uh, And I've said it before, we don't get political on this podcast, but if any person who's over the age of 65, and I would argue even over the age of 55, in government, doesn't matter what your, your party affiliation is, but all of you, I would urge you to do the same and to wonder if what you are doing is just to maintain the status quo for you and your generation when you should be looking to the future and looking to these younger generations that are ready and hungry to take over and hungry to enact change and save the world just like Deku and his classmates are. And so for that, I think that is such a powerful message. And something that, again, when you when you couple that with the idea of constantly being better and constantly wanting to do your best, what a cool message for young kids, for young kids to be watching. I mean, you could, I'm trying to think. When I grew up, cartoon-wise, I was watching Bugs Bunny. When it got to fighting, um, I, get, I mean, I was into Pokemon for sure. I watched a little bit of Dragon Ball Z. But I just know, uh, as a kid, I would have loved this show. And obviously, it wasn't around when I was a kid. But, like kids these days getting to grow up on a message like that not only are they getting balls to the walls fights but you're getting a powerful message and this is the same message that is given in the show of being your best always trying harder and it's the same message that you see in dragon ball z and dragon ball super same message you see in naruto just this idea of constantly learning and growing so that you are never falling behind and that you are always striving to be the best no matter what, that's that's I mean that's Naruto's nindo. His ninja way is to uh, to always keep a promise, never give up, and to do his best no matter what. And uh, I think that's just the, the best message that you could get, and the best message that you could give for a show, for a movie, doesn't matter. And with that, 
we are going to wrap this up. So for comics and cinema, thank you so much for listening. I hope this was informative. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Let me know. You can find me on Twitter at a robots wink or on Instagram at a robots wink. And I will look forward to speaking with you guys here next week. So for comics and cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you at the movies. Thank you.